Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you're doing well. This is Friday of week of uh, Septuagesima week, uh, seven weeks before Easter, and um, we are thrilled to be with you. Absolutely thrilled to be with you. Um, I have um, uh, a wonderful article for you today. And it is um, uh, written by Bishop Snyder, and it's titled, The Church is Called to Fight the Spiritual Battle Against the Powers of Darkness. Um, uh, Bishop Athanasius Snyder is the auxiliary bishop of Hastania, Pakistan, and a most wonderful, wonderful bishop, um, and a true guide um, to the church. I know all that's going on now, and you know a lot of it too. Um, um, and I'd like to um, uh, encourage us by this article, uh, which is truly wonderful. Um, you are welcome uh, to call in at any time during this hour whatsoever. Uh, the toll free number is 1 511 5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com and we will be able to take your calls um, at any time during this entire hour. Um, I do pray you're well, dear ones. Um, This Sunday is coming up as Sexagesima Sunday. Um, It is six weeks now before before Easter, and um, um, all is well. All is well, dearest, because God is on his throne. All is well. Um, Let me read this article by um, Bishop Athanasius Snyder. He says, Our weapons are the weapons of justice, and these are the weapons in first place of prayer and of a saintly life, the weapons of the spiritual help of the holy angels, the weapons of the sacred science, of the sacred apologetics, the weapons of righteousness and honest individual and collective protests against the de-Christianization and moral degradation of the society. When there is no battle, dear ones, when there is no battle, there is no Christendom. When there is no battle, there is no true church of God, no true Catholic church, The dramatic situation of the whole world, which is in the power of the evil one, makes man's life a battle. The Christian life is indeed a warfare. Beloved, if you are tempted, as some are, to leave the Catholic Church, you are leaving Christ. It is not the Catholic Church that is at fault. The Catholic Church is perfect. It is the body of... I'm speaking now, not Bishop Snyder. It is perfect... It is without sin, it is holy, because 
the church is Christ. Truly his body, Christ, is perfect. He is God without sin. We, our members, need to do a better job. And there are a great many in the church today who have defected from the faith. They um, are in the position of being shepherds, and they have lost the faith. And many have bought into the evil of this day. And we're shocked about that. But we shouldn't be shocked because the scriptures say just that. St. Paul wrote that we wrestle against the powers of darkness. Our battle is not with flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. The Baltimore Catechism teaches us, Bishop writes, we are called soldiers of Jesus Christ to indicate how we must resist the attacks of our spiritual enemies and secure our victory over them by following and obeying our Lord. We have good reason never to be ashamed of the Catholic faith because it is the old faith, the faith, dear ones, established by Christ and taught by his apostles. It is the faith for which countless holy martyrs suffered and died. It is the faith that has brought true civilization with all its benefits into the world. And it is the only faith that can truly reform and preserve public and private morals. We should know the chief mysteries of faith and the duties of a Christian, because as one cannot be a good soldier without knowing the rules of the army to which he belongs and understanding the commands of his leader, so one cannot be a good Christian without knowing the laws of the church and without understanding the commands of Christ. By the expression, these evil days, we mean the present age or century in which we are living, surrounded on all sides by unbelief, false doctrines, bad books, bad example, and temptation in every form. That is the Baltimore Catechism, beloved. Bishop Athanasius continues, In the time of the fathers of the church, the Christians were aware to be spiritual soldiers of Christ and to fight for the truth even at the risk of one's life. St. Cyril of Jerusalem told to the catechumens, quote, you are to be enrolled in the army of the great king, end quote. The Christian duty to fight against the sin, the errors, and the temptations of the world includes also the fight against the errors inside the church, that is, the fight against heresy and ambiguity in doctrine. We have much of that today, beloved. Bishop Athanasius continues, St. Ignatius of Loyola is one of the most eloquent teachers of the truth about the church militant. He writes in his book of the spiritual exercises, quote, Consider the war that Jesus Christ came to bring from heaven to earth. People are used to the idea that our Lord Jesus Christ came to bring peace. Yet St. Ignatius, with all naturality, begins his meditation by saying, consider that war, consider that war that Jesus Christ came to bring from heaven to earth. A true Catholic, spiritual knight of the 20th century, 
Plinio Correa de Oliveira, a Brazilian layman who spent all his life in defending the Holy Mother Church from the spiritual attacks and infiltration of the unchristian spirit of revolution, modernism, and communism, he said this, Every man is born a soldier, although not every soldier will use his arms. Yes, all men are born soldiers, because as the scripture states, militia, um, let me translate, let me read the, um, militia es vita hominis super terum, the life of man upon earth is a warfare. And that's direct quote from Job. Our life is a fight, beloved. It's a fight. And this is how we must consider it first and foremost. A man is born a soldier at first, the first moment he sees the natural light. Then, when he is baptized, he receives the light of grace and is born a second time. Now to the supernatural life, becoming a soldier in its defense. Further, the church has a special sacrament that confirms a man as a soldier in the full sense of the word. It is the sacrament of confirmation. Not every soldier uses his weapons on the battlefield, but whoever does so is privileged. Since the duty of the soldier is to fight, when he takes up arms to enter the battle, he becomes privileged. Imagine a painter who does not paint, a musician who cannot make music, a singer who cannot sing, a professor who is unable to give classes, a diplomat prevented from engaging in politics, our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Catholic Church, comes asking us to join his holy war inside the church against progressivism and inside the state against communism. And he appeals to us to fight and not be soft or indifferent to this struggle, but to wage battle with all of our soul. Of course, St. Ignatius does not speak about progressivism, since his meditation is destined for all times. He refers generally to the world, the devil, and the flesh, which are the causes of all errors at all times. The world, the devil, and the flesh, beloved in which they simply change name all times. They may change their name, but it is the world, the devil, and the flesh. In his time, in St. Ignatius' time, the era was Protestantism, supported by people who called themselves Catholics, but who were deep down Protestants, working for Protestantism inside the Catholic Church. In the civil sphere, those persons tended to eliminate all social and political inequalities. In other words, they were forerunners of the French Revolution and of, I'll add to that, our misguided, um, many misguided teachers and philosophers of today. There's the music for our first break, dear ones. We'll be back right after the break. And again, you do not need to wait till the second break to call in with anything on your heart, toll-free, one 877 511-5483 or email at mother at stationofthecross.com and we'll be right back.
Here at the Station of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. I discovered the Station of the Cross rather providentially a year ago. I've been a loyal listener ever since. I can't overestimate the value of the station, what it's made a difference in my life in terms of making me better informed Catholic, has enriched my faith, consoled me during tough times, and made me laugh on several occasions. I commend the important work of this great apostolate. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I listen to the radio, and if I can listen to something that brings me closer to God, closer to Jesus Christ, then it's the most beautiful thing. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112, then share your testimonial with us. This is Jesse Romero, host of Jesus 911, heard weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. I'm joined each day by a variety of co-hosts like Ruben Nava, Paul Clay, Dan Schneider, and my amazing wife, Anita Romero. We tackle Catholic devotions, spiritual warfare, family life, saving America, and everything in between. Join us each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Jesus 911. You can also catch a bonus encore Saturdays at noon Eastern. God bless you. Keep the faith. Keep up to date with the shows we bring you each day on the Station of the Cross by viewing our programming grid on our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am live, and this is she, and I'm thrilled to be with you. And just, again, a reminder that we no longer need to wait to the second break, of the second half hour for your calls and your text and your emails. Um, we do have a few emails. I'm going to continue the article by Bishop Athanasius Snyder right now, but if you wish to call in, um, I will interrupt my reading for the calls and then and then go to the emails. Um, and the toll-free number again is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. Um, Bishop Athanasius Snyder continues that we possess in today, today, beloved, this day, February 18, 2022, we possess very apt and impressive affirmations of the popes of the modern times about the essential militant characteristic of the church. Pope Leo XIII taught the enemy forces inspired by the evil spirit ever wage war on the Christian name. They join forces in this endeavor with certain groups of men whose purpose is to subvert divinely revealed truths and to rend the very fabric of Christian society with disastrous dissent. Indeed, 
how much damage these cohorts, as it were, have inflicted on the church is well known. And yet, the spirit of all previous groups hostile to Catholic institutions has come to life again in that group called the Masonic Sect, which, strong in manpower and resources, is the leader in a war against anything sacred. And that was written and said by Pope Leo the Thirteenth in 1892. You see, the wiles of the enemy, his tactics, they never grow old. They're the same, same old, same old, over and over again. Um, he wrote as well to refrain, uh, Leo the Thirteenth, to refrain from doing battle for Jesus Christ amounts to fighting against him. He himself assures us he will deny before his Father in heaven those who shall have refused to confess him on earth and that is right from our lord's mouth luke chapter 9 he will deny before his father in heaven those who shall have refused to confess him on earth the enemies of the church um, have for their object and they hesitate not to proclaim it and many among them boast of it they just they um have for their object um, to destroy outright, if possible, the Catholic religion, which alone is the true religion, with such a purpose in, and they shrink from nothing. For they are fully conscious that the more faint-hearted those who withstand them become, the more easy will it be to work out their wicked will. We cannot be faint-hearted, dear ones, we cannot, we must stand strong. Therefore, they who cherish the prudence of the flesh and who pretend to be unaware that every Christian ought to be a valiant soldier of Christ, they who would um, obtain the rewards owing to conquerors while they are leading the lives of cowards untouched in the fight are so far from thwarting the onward march of the evil disposed that on the contrary they even help it forward that is descriptive of many of us today and tragically is descriptive of many of our shepherds they who would obtain the rewards owing to conquerors while they are leading the lives of cowards untouched in the fight are so far from thwarting the onward march of the evil disposed that on the contrary they even help it forward i've repeated a statement um, by edmund burke edward burke that the only thing needed for evil to uh, go forward is for good men to remain silent and we have many many good shepherds who are remaining silent uh, to the detriment of the sheep cardinal carol wartia who would become uh, Pope St. John Paul II, in an address during the Eucharistic Congress in 1976 in Philadelphia in the United States, said, <clears throat> we are now standing in the face of the greatest historical confrontation humanity has ever experienced. I do not think, he said, that the wide circle of American society or the whole wide circle of the Christian community realize this fully. And I would add to that, I don't know that everyone still realizes it fully. 
we are now facing the final confrontation between the church and the anti-church, between the gospel and the anti-gospel, between Christ and the antichrist. He said this in 1976, beloved, and that is the case now and has been the case for over a hundred years. The confrontation lies within the plans of divine providence. It is therefore in God's plan, and it must be a trial which the church must take up and face courageously. Beloved, our Lord has allowed this. The scripture has pointed to the end times when hearts will grow cold and our shepherds will lose the faith. Bishop Snyder continues that our weapons are the weapons of justice, and these are the weapons in first place of prayer and of a saintly life, the weapons of the spiritual help of the holy angels, the weapons of the sacred science, of the sacred apologetics, the weapons of righteousness and honest individual and collective protests against the dechristianization and moral degradation of the society. Already in 1946, he writes, Pope Pius XII made the following very apt and realistic analysis of the spiritual situation of the world and the church in our times. And that was, um, I don't know, 70 years ago. Quote from Pope Pius XII, the subject against which the adversary directs his assaults in our days openly or insidiously, is not more, as it was usually in the past, the one or the other particular item of doctrine or discipline, but the whole of the faith and Christian morals up to its ultimate um, consequences. It's no longer a particular doctrine. It's the whole of Christianity. The whole of Christianity. It is a matter of a complete yes or of a complete no. In such real circumstances, a true Catholic must remain all the more firmly and securely on the ground of his faith and demonstrate this with his deeds. And this was a given um, by Pope Paul Twelfth to the discourse to the youth of the Italian action, Italian Catholic action youth. As soldiers of Christ, every Catholic should be always conscious of the fact that he belongs to the army of the winners because Christus vincit and Christ is victor. And as St. John Chrysostom concisely formulated, um, it is easier to delete the sun than to destroy the church. Well, let me translate that. It's impossible to delete the sun and impossible to destroy the church. If you leave the church, beloved, it is not the fault of the church. It is your fault because you are in the church that Christ established. And to leave it is to abandon her, is to turn your back on her, and to turn your back on her is to turn your back on Christ. We need to be good soldiers. We need to know that the reason we are being so attacked, mostly within the church, uh, we are being so attacked, is because it is the church. And Satan um, has a tremendous uh, freedom to destroy, but he will not destroy the church. And if we leave it, we have left Christ. 
Bishop Snyder continues, in holy baptism, according to the traditional rite of the Roman Church, we have been signed with seven crosses in order to be always reminded that the Christian is inseparably, inseparably uh, united with the cross of our Lord in order to be spiritually protected and in order to lead a life of the holy battle for the Lord with the invincible sign of his cross. We were signed on the forehead to accept the cross of the Lord. We were signed on the ears to listen the divine precepts. We were signed on the eyes to see the clarity of God. We were signed on the nose to smell the sweetness of Christ. We were signed on the mouth to speak the words of life. We were signed on the chest to believe in God. And we were signed on the shoulders to take up upon us the yoke of the service of Christ. The most powerful help, beloved, in our personal life as soldiers of Christ and in the life of the entire militant church is the Blessed Virgin Mary and Mother of God. And she is the winner in all the battles of the Lord. To her we turn ourselves praying, quote, August Queen of Heaven, Sovereign Queen of Angels, you who at the beginning received from God the power and the mission to crush the head of Satan, we beseech you humbly, send your holy legions so that on your orders and by your power they will track down demons, fight them everywhere, curb their audacity, and plunge them into the abyss. You who can be compared to God, who rather can be still a prayer to the to Our Lady, who can be compared to God? O oh, good and tender Mother, you will always be our love and our hope. O oh, Divine Mother, send the holy angels and archangels to defend me and to keep the cruel enemy far from me. Holy angels and archangels, defend us, protect us. Amen. Dear ones, we are soldiers of Christ and we must not, we cannot abandon our Lord. If we abandon him, I've said again, then we abandon the Holy Church. We cannot do that. We cannot abandon the one who came to earth for us, who died for our sins, who rose again for our salvation. We must cling to him. We must cling to the mother that he gave us. If you are Protestant, dear ones, come into the church that our Lord founded. Come into the Catholic Church, the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. There is no other church that our Lord founded. No other church. You need to come home. Whatever faith you are, if you're Jewish, Catholicism is Judaism fulfilled in its Messiah who came 2,000 years ago as the prophets all proclaimed. And Catholicism is Judaism fulfilled in its Messiah spread to the four corners of the world. Come home, beloved. Come back to Judaism by coming into the Catholic Church. There's the music for our second break, beloved, and we will take all your calls, your emails, your texts when we come back from the break. The toll-free number again is 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
www.thepowerofpresence.com and we'll be right back. Are you holding on to an old car or truck because you think dealers won't want it? Then consider donating it to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. This is a great way to turn your unvalued vehicle into a powerful gift for Catholic Radio. You'll be taking part in our evangelization efforts to continue spreading Christ's love throughout the world. Our Lord uses Catholic Radio to draw more people to Himself, and one of the best ways to support the Station of the Cross is by contributing to our vehicle donation program. The process is safe and simple. Your generosity will greatly benefit our mission to bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners. To find out more or to donate your vehicle today, visit thestationofthecross.com or call 1-866-628-CARS. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-866-628-2277. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. The vow of poverty and the the virtue attached to it uh, helps us overcome one of our tendencies, which is greed, that of chastity, helps us overcome lust and that of obedience helps us overcome pride that's sermons for everyday living weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m eastern on the station of the cross welcome to mother miriam live on the station of the cross catholic radio network with live video streaming brought to you by life site news and the station of the cross Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. And we have this half hour and it's ours together for you to call in. Um, with anything at all on your heart, I'll repeat what I often say. The heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. It could be what we're speaking about or simply what's on your heart. And we would love to help in any way we can. Um, let me just see something here. Okay. Um, so our toll-free number, I'll say it again, is one 511 5483 or email at mother at the Catholic of the... Um, what did I just say? Email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Um, we have an email from uh, Mary who says, Hi, Mother. Can you please provide an update about your order? Well, uh, we are in Beloit, Kansas, um, and uh, we are doing fine. We are, Our new home is, um, we've had some um, roadblocks on that one, and we're not sure of um, uh, if or when we will actually uh, occupy that home. It's, um, we've, we've had some problem. We found out uh, that it is in, a, it would need to be rezoned 
for the area it's in. We were told differently, but we found out that whoever told us that was uh, not accurate, uh, didn't understand, and it, it might be a problem rezoning it. So um, we'll either sell that, that we're almost, it's almost completed, and, and buy or build another one um, with every penny that all of you have donated, or um, uh, see what our Lord has. But we personally are doing fine. We have women entering, um, and um, all is well. All is well. So I didn't mean to announce that on the air, but um, if anyone uh, wishes to move to Beloit and uh, buy a big house that has 13 bedrooms, <laughs> it's a beautiful place with a little land, um, let me know, and, and maybe... Um, uh, you, you will, maybe God had us build it for you, um, because we're not able to rezone it. So it's it's quite a shock, and we we were told differently, um, and so um, uh, the, the plans of mice and men, right? But God always has a reason for everything. Always, never let allows evil um, to touch us apart from His hand. Um, so we've had problems through the years. Since we're founded, wherever we've gone that we couldn't stay, radio programs that we've been on that we were taken off, and now a most beautiful home um, that we've been working on for eight months that it looks like we um, may not be able to move into. So, again, I didn't even plan that, but Mary, maybe our Lord wanted to me to uh, let all of you know that because of your email. Um, we are fine. We're in temporary quarters that are really lovely, and we're able to take um, very few women here. Uh, so we'll just need to see what our what our Lord uh, has in store for us. We know it's perfect. Um, his ways are always perfect, and what He allows is absolutely perfect. We are at peace. We are at peace, no matter what He allows to be taken from us, or diocese we're put out of, whatever it is. We walk with him, and I've said many times, God's will is my food. It is my food. If you ask me what I want, my answer is, I want God's will. If you say, I know, Mother, but if God's will was what you wanted, what would that be? And I won't answer you. I'm a, a foolish, sinful little thing, finite. Why would I say what I want when God's way is always better? His timing is always better. We trust him. Um, thinking of a little one-year-old who's learned to walk and wants to run off on its own and eat whatever it wants and go wherever it wants, it'll die. But the little one-year-old who trusts his mother or father um, who gave him life um, will be safe. So I have no preferences except for God's will. Truly, his will is my food. There's a book out by Daniel O'Connor called Thy Will Be Done, and, and I recommend it to you. Thy will be done. Uh, what we see, what we want is finite. We see through a glass dimly. And so we trust the Lord who gave his life for us. And at the moment, uh, our order is doing well. But as far as a place to live, it's a bit, a bit of a shock. We just... Um, basically the beginning of this year came into this rather surprising and reverse situation that we were we didn't know about and we were told differently when we checked it out so um the end of that we're doing fine and we are accepting applications um if you wish to inquire about 
um, vocation with us. Um, we don't care if we have to sleep in sleeping bags on the floor until we get a house that we have enough room. But right now, we have enough room to take in a few women. So actually to take in only two, but we keep making further space. So we're doing great. Um, and if you wish to inquire, go to our website, www.motherofisraelshope.org, and click on Contact, and you'll see an email for a vocation inquiry at the mother of Israel's hope.org and you can contact us directly at mail at mother of Israel's hope.org with anything um, you need or wish but you can always also email us through the station of the cross mother at the station of the cross um, dot com um, we have an email from Pat and Pat says can you give me your thoughts on second Corinthians 318 Uh, I brought it up to my local priest saying we should not have a mask mandate and was called a schismatic. Oh my goodness, can you imagine that? I'm going to look it up, but I believe 2 Corinthians 3.18 is the one that says, um, all all we, hold on now, let me just see. Um, 3.18. um, it's it's a verse that comes from our Lord, from Moses, um, in the um, uh, who came down from the mountain with uh, people couldn't look at him because he had the glory of God on his face, and this verse says, let me just get it in a a good version. Um, all right, hold on, I want to get it to you in a. Revised Standard, here it is. No, they don't have the Revised. They have the new Revised, and we don't want that because it has um, inclusive language. Um, Let me read this. And all of us, with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as through a reflection, as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Um... For this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. So the idea is, Moses came down from the mountain, and his face had it be veiled, and if he lifted the veil, no one could look at him, because the glory of the Lord was on him. And so Paul says, all of us, with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, if you look in a mirror, you would see the Lord through you. We are being transformed into that same image that we see from one degree to another uh, by the Lord. We're being conformed to his image. And so, um, uh, Pat writes, can you give me your thoughts on Second Corinthians 3.18? I brought it up to my local priest saying we should not have a mask mandate and was called a schismatic. Well, shame on your local priest. You're not being schismatic by not wearing a mask, with or without uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18, and it really doesn't apply to masks. It does not. Um, This priest already rejected communion to my eldest daughter because she insisted on having it on the tongue. She now drives over an hour to Latin Mass. Well, your priest is very wrong, and he has no right, he has no right to refuse communion on the tongue. Uh, That is canon law, and it is the norm. It's not the exception. To receive communion on the tongue is the norm, and no priest or bishop uh, or has any right to refuse communion on the tongue. 
Um, Pat says, I don't want to leave our faith community, but it's becoming quite possible. God bless Pat. Well, my thought is 2 Corinthians 3.18 is a very beautiful verse, and it has to do with what our Lord is doing in us as we gaze on him and as we're in his word and as we walk with our Lord Jesus Christ, that he's transforming us from one degree of holiness to another until we can actually see him in the mirror through us and other people can see us him through us. That's not... Uh, I, I like that you compared it with the mask, but not it's not really the it's not really the idea. I think it's a little humorous, but it's not the idea. If I were you, Pat, I would leave that church and I would go to another who uh, where the pastor uh, is faithful and will serve you communion on the tongue and will not require a mask. Um, I, I that's what I would do. And if you cannot find, um, I don't know where you live. But if you cannot find a church that um, has lifted the mask mandate, which is um, ridiculous to begin with, but if you must wear a mask, at least you could remove your mask and receive our Lord on the tongue. I would leave your faith community. The honor due our Lord is much more important, much more important. Um, We have an email from Steve who writes on today's program, well, that was a program a little while back, an individual called in and asked if you knew of a reason why someone wanted to always be last in the communion line. I have heard an answer to that one before. If there is a special host needed for someone intolerant to gluten, there is a reserved consecrated host for that purpose. Could this be a possibility? It could be. Um, usually those who um, uh, would receive a gluten-free host could come up first, or if there's a, um, a kneeler, could kneel um, to receive our Lord last. But the individual who called, I believe it was Kurt from Boston, my dear friend, um, the reason that he is last is because he wants to receive our Lord on the tongue. And the priest won't do it if he comes up in the regular line because he, it's, it's, he's, the priest sees it as an interruption. Um, he'll finish serving everyone on the hand, which is uh, a, um, a desecration of the host. It's terrible. But he will continue receiving, uh, giving the host to everyone on the hand. And then this gentleman comes up at the very end because he wants to receive on the tongue and on his knees and the priest who sees it as an interruption for him to be in the line and uh, kneeling uh, to receive our, our Lord. Um, and so he goes to the end when there's no one behind him to be interrupted. That's, it's a tragedy, but that's, that's what it was. Um, Bill writes in, Hello, Mother Miriam. What is your opinion of the Bible in a Year podcast, which is very popular at this time? Thank you. The Bible in a year. Um, you know, if if someone um, has um, not read the Bible and they want to read the whole thing in a year and um, uh, help be helped by the accountability of uh, the podcast, I think it's outstanding. It's the Catholic Bible. I know that um, Father. Um, 
uh, Schmitz is doing that, and I think his number one podcast, uh, period, uh, everywhere. There's also programs. The Coming Home Network International actually has printed a pamphlet of the Bible in a year, and both of them are reading the Catholic Bible. Many Protestants have brochures and pamphlets for the Bible in a year. You don't want that because you're going to be missing a number of books that are very important and God's Word. But you can get a Catholic Bible in a year. Um, my opinion is good. If you if you don't read Scripture at all, I think it's good uh, to get you into the Scripture. Better if, if you do nothing, then it's very, very good. Um, I personally would rather read the Bible more slowly, a book at a time, and uh, sometimes in sequence. So I'll give you another word about a Bible reading plan that I've put together myself um, and that I've given to the sisters here in our community, um, which could be helpful, but the Bible in a year is very good. It would be wonderful if we all read the Catholic Bible through in an entire year. It's very good, but not if we're missing the meaning. We'll be right back, beloved. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for February the 18th. Today we celebrate Blessed John of Fiesole. The patron of Christian artists was born around 1400 in a village overlooking Florence. He took up painting as a young boy and studied under the watchful eye of a local painting master. He joined the Dominicans at about age 20, taking the name Fra Giovanni. Eventually, he came to be known as Fra Angelico perhaps as a tribute to his own angelic qualities or maybe because of the devotional tone of his works. He continued to study painting and perfect his own techniques, which included broad brush strokes, vivid colors, and generous lifelike figures. Whatever his subject matter, Fra Angelico sought to generate feelings of religious devotion in response to his paintings. Among his most famous works are the Annunciation, and Descent from the Cross, as well as some frescoes in the Monastery of San Marco in Florence. He also served in leadership positions within the Dominican Order. At one point, Pope Eugenius approached him about serving as Archbishop of Florence. Fra Angelico declined, preferring a simpler life. He died in 1455. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our final segment, and again, you're welcome to call in um, at one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at thestationofthecross dot com. Um, just before the break, we took an email by Bill who asked uh, our opinion of the Bible in a Year podcast, which is very popular. I'm for that if it's a Catholic Bible. Yes, there's no problem with that. It's a wonderful thing to read the Bible through in a year. Absolutely wonderful. Um, and if that's all you do, you're doing well. I'm, I, I applaud it. Um, uh, I mentioned also that I've put together a little study um, of the Bible to go through it because the whole purpose of Scripture, it's God's love letter to us, and it tells us about God and us in relationship to Him. That's the whole purpose of it. And so, um, I don't, I don't, I can't show this on on, in, on the camera at the moment, but um, I put together four questions. So let's say you read the book, uh, you start in Genesis, which you don't have to. Um, Genesis chapter 1 speaks of the creation um, of heaven and earth and every, animals and man, everything that God made. And so the, the first box would be just summarize the chapter, and if you say the creation of all, that's fine. And then um, three questions I ask. Number one, what is true of God in this passage that I've read, or this page, or this chapter, or this paragraph? What is true of God? And in Genesis chapter 1, what is true of God is that he's the creator. He's almighty. He's all-powerful. So let's just say all-powerful, omnipotent. And then the second question is, what is true of us in that chapter? And we didn't do anything. And so we could have the negative. We are not omnipotent. We are not all-powerful. God is all-powerful, and we are not. And the third question is, what does that have to do with my life today? Well, if God's all-powerful and I'm not, maybe he can solve whatever my problem is. And then finally, we write a prayer. Lord, help me to trust you more. Um, let me, uh, help me to re- be reminded always that you are the Almighty One and I am not. This is simple. But you can do that through the entire Bible, one chapter at a time, a half a page at a time, three chapters at a time. But what is true of God? Not what he's done, but what is true of him because of what he's done. Genesis chapter 1, he created the whole world. But what is true of him because he did that is that he is all-powerful. Okay, so that's the idea. And you'll go through the Bible and you'll get the story. And you could even go through the Bible in a year that way. But you're going to re- have to read four to five or three to five chapters a day to do that. Um, and so uh, if you have uh, the Bible in a Year podcast, you're going to be reading three to five chapters a day indeed um, in the Catholic Bible. Um, but if, if that serves you well, go ahead. Um, if you want to go more slowly and really understand God and his ways uh, more intimately for yourself, um, you might uh, meditate a little more slowly, chapter by chapter, and maybe keep the journal such as I've suggested or um, uh, many other ways of doing it. Lexio Divina, get a book on Lexio Divina. Sacred reading is what it means. Um, uh, Divina, divine, uh, Lexio reading, divine reading. And there's a wonderful book by that title, and it'll help you actually enter into the passages, put yourself in them, and um, really experience walking with our Lord. 
Kurt from Boston is on the line. I invited you to call practically, didn't I, Kurt? Of course you did. <laughs> of course I did. I, I was thinking about that. I'm glad you were listening. Uh, listen, I'm always, I'm always promoting you and everything else that's traditional because Good. all I can say is, is this, that, you know, you want to practice the faith. You want to have a visible repu- representation of the faith. You want to be able to do everything possible, Lexio Divina, everything, okay? For what? For what reason? Because you want to see how God, our Lord, is both. He's true God, and he's also true man. A hundred percent of both. And, and <clears throat> the reason I'm, I'm saying that is because the diabolic tries to tear that apart, tries of to course. tear that hypostatic union apart. Yep. And isn't that what's going on today in the church? Because Good. why in the world would Pope Francis want to get rid of the traditions? The traditions are the roots, are the roots of that tree that gets fed by that living water. That's and right. I, I understand, I mean, the sacraments of Vatican II, the sacraments before Vatican II, yes. They're all the same sacraments, but when you take the discipline out of it, the discipline, I mean, that, that's what's going on here. And I keep hearing, because I'm in a couple of men's groups, so, you know, everyone says, well, Kurt, you're the heavy artillery. You've got to kind of meet people where they are. I said, that's fine. I get it. But you know something? I was thinking like of an analogy with all the world wars. Okay, you got enlisted into the World War II. You think they came at you nibbling around the edges? No. They told you exactly what to expect, and this is what you're being trained for. Why in the world can't we train Catholics like it's a world war? And it is. It is. This is what we need. And Mm -hmm. I hate to sound like a cynic, but sometimes I wonder... If the Holy Father is speaking as Peter spoke, I won't let you go. And our Lord said, get behind me, Satan. Mm-hmm. This is why I pray for the Holy Father. Never because stop. The office of the papacy is that. But is he speaking as Bergoglio or as Francis? I think mm-hmm. most Catholics are so watered down, they don't know the difference. And this is what I'm trying to do. But you know with my AAA personality, that's kind of hard. So I'm asking for some advice. <laughs> What, what can I advise you, Kurt? Keep up the fight. Be who you are. The, one of the greatest uh, uh, sayings of St. Francis de Sales, who is my favorite saint in the world, outside of the Blessed Mother, of course, um, is be who you are and be that well. God made you that well. I don't need to advise you anything. It's only that um, you you meeting people where they are is good advice because otherwise they won't hear you. Um, uh, you know, you can go on a tirade and people could say, well, but that wasn't my point. You know what I mean? So it's good to know where they are. And I'm thankful. I I agree with every word you say, Kurt. And um, I'm thankful that we're not all duped. Not all Catholics um, believe everything the Holy Father is saying. No Catholic who knows their faith would um, believe what is not true. And he's speaking from the chair of Peter, but he's certainly not Peter's voice when he speaks what is not correct. And again, he is the Pope. We respect the office, but we understand that the man holding it is a sinner and he's fallible. He's not infallible. The only time, as you know, Kurt, 
that he exercises the gift of infallibility, which has been exercised very few times in 2,000 years of Catholic history of the Church. The only time he exercises that is when he's speaking of a doctrine that he binds on the faithful. It has to be a matter of, of faith and morals that he binds on the faithful that you and I must believe at pain of sin. And if he ever does that, which he has not done, and he's wrong, then he will be immediately ousted as a heretic. Right. Other Can than I that, also say one more thing? Go ahead, Hen. Okay. I do listen to Taylor Marshall. Of course, he's coming out saying... You know, that no matter what, you can't be separated from the body of Christ. And That's right. Outright heresy. That's now, right. I, I have a great adherence. I, I paint statues and I paint crucifixes and I paint them very black. Wow. And I paint the scourging mm. and whatnot. I've mm-hmm. just received a huge statue of the scourging of Christ. A good mm-hmm. friend of mine passed away, David Ethier. He was the proprietor for Little Rose's Chapel in Woonsocket. And... He's the one that has given this to me, and I heard he just got an apostolic blessing. He just went straight to heaven, from what I understand. How beautiful. So may he and all the rest yeah. who hold fast the tradition That's be it. praying for us. And, yeah. Uh, okay, my brother. Mother Mary, God bless I you. Really appreciate it. Thank Good you. to hear from you, Kurt. God bless you. And God bless all of you. Have a beautiful weekend, and we'll speak with you, God willing, on Monday. God bless you.